welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director in our Membership Minute this week. Registration is open for the 2021 NSTA Midwinter Meeting, which will be held at the Safety Harbor Resort and Spa. That's in beautiful Safety Harbor, Florida, right by the Tampa Airport. Now, you can register for this event by clicking on www.yellowbuses.org. Now go to the NSTA meeting navigation bar. And then when you click that, you'll go look for the midwinter meeting. Now, right now our sponsors are OEM partners, Bluebird, IC Bus, Thomasville Buses, and also we have Keystone Insurers Group, National Interstate, PA Post, and RC Kelly Law Associates. So we'll be telling you more about the programs in the upcoming weeks but uh, you can register and find out hotel information by going to our website. Now, today at the bus stop, we have a repeat guest, Joe Leggett, VP of National Accounts at Collins Bus. So, Joe, welcome back to the bus stop. Hi, Kurt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's It's been a while. It doesn't feel like it's been over a year, but that's what you were saying earlier. I'm, that was surprising to me. And time goes fast, I guess. Yes, and it's hard, it is hard to believe that it's uh, over a year since you were on the podcast, and certainly 2020 has been a quite an eventful year. But uh, just to refresh the listeners' memory, why don't you start off by telling them a little bit about Collins Bus? Sure. Collins is a type A school bus manufacturer. We are a, a part of the REV group, and we're located in the heart of Kansas in the middle of the U.S. We've been making Type A buses since 1967, so a little over 50 years in, in a variety of forms and fashions and markets, everything from a variety of alt fuels to multifunctional school activity buses to your stereotypical Type A school buses that you see traveling down the road, working with a dealer network across North America, as well as variety of contractors from both coasts and from border to border. Yeah, we know you're a fixture within the student transportation industry. And as you know, COVID-19 has been the central theme throughout 2020. Tell us, how has the pandemic changed things for you as well as Collins Bus? Boy, in a variety. Yeah, where do you start, right? (laughs) Yeah, she's quite unlike anything, at least in my lifetime, that I've ever seen or experienced. You know, on a personal level, as a father of, of four school-age kids, it was definitely a, a challenge, to put it lightly, you know, going from it. It kind of happened right at the start of uh, spring break for my kids. And so, you know, they uh, couldn't have been more excited <laughs> at the time to have an extended spring break. And we were thinking, well, maybe it will just last the, the week of spring break and maybe a, another week. And then, you know, it, it went on for several more weeks, obviously. Um, and then even longer, depending upon where you live. Where we live, we went to a, a remote learning scenario, which that in and of itself was a challenge. You know, having, you know, have a home office and then having four kids trying to work remotely, you know, oftentimes at the same time. Uh, in the same house. Again, that was uh, something that I, I had never <laughs> envisioned uh, having to, to deal with before. And then, uh, but fortunately now they're all back uh, in class learning. There's still, you know, several changes that have impacted them and their, their classmates and their classrooms and their individual schools. So it, it's been a challenge and we've just tried to to roll with it as best we can on a professional level. You know, when you make school buses and you you make a product that is responsible for moving students from point A to point B, and there's uh, no school to be had and a lack of a necessity, 
with remote learning for those products, it's a challenge. So, you know, Collins, not unlike probably every other, you know, manufacturer of school buses and school bus products, at least in North America, it's, it's been tough, but we've, we've managed and maintained. We did have a point in time early on where our facility, we closed for a couple of weeks, but uh, since that point in time, which was back in mid-May, but since that point in time, we've been up and going. Obviously, it's impacted the way that our employees, you know, work while they are at our uh, our facility and at our factory. Whether they're production employees or office employees, I mean, it has changed, uh, you know, the way they interact with one another. There's, you know, there's several different policies and procedures in place now to to help keep the uh, their work areas clean and helping keep them as healthy as we can and. So it has uh, to, to say that it's changed the landscape is probably the understatement of the year. It has been quite a uh, quite a challenge. But Collins and, and I tell you, it's just a, an, it's all a, attributable to our our great employees. Our uh, we've got about you know, a little under 200 employees there in Kansas at our facility there, and they've just done a great job of of helping us keep the doors open and move buses out the door and, and keep. Our, uh, our dealer network informed and supplied with an inventory of buses and parts. And so really they're the ones that are due all the credit. So it's uh, hopefully we're starting to see a, a turn the, the better and that 2021 brings some significant improvements compared to how 2020 got started. Yeah. And I don't know if the legged household has a um, couple of dogs in it, but that also makes it challenging when it's uh, from home environment too. Uh, <laughs> always seems that uh, when you're on a conference call or a Zoom call that the mailman arrives or some package is being dropped off and <laughs> gets the, yes, gets the house the, uh, in turmoil. Yes, the uh, we don't dogs were fortunate there, but I do have kids that don't care who dad is on the phone with at the time and nor what is he uh, <laughs> nor what he's discussing. So I became quite a pro handling calls from the driver's compartment of my vehicle while it was parked in the garage. So, uh, <laughs> yes, we've all been there. <laughs> Completely understand we've all been there for sure. It's <laughs> uh, too funny. Now, as you know, with the pandemic, there are a couple of themes that keep coming up, you know, with respect to buses. I and mean, we'll take these one one by one. One is the increased measures to clean, disinfect, and sanitize buses. So what can you tell folks about that in this new environment? Well, there have been quite a few developments and then organizations and products that have, have cropped up as a result of that. And, and there's a variety of them that are out there without getting into like specific details about each of them. I will tell you that there's probably not a better time where you would find a more thoroughly clean and disinfected bus than you will today. I kind of e- equate it to air travel and and hotels being a guy that, that travels quite a bit, there's probably not a better time or safer time in which, you know, airplanes are cleaner, hotel rooms are cleaner, and the same goes for school buses. Between the the lengths at which school districts and contractors have gone to, to disinfect and sterilize their buses, their, their policies and procedures that they put in place when it comes to how their drivers and their employees interact with one another, you know, uh, specific to the bus and specific to students on the bus. Again, there's products out there now that are significant advancements when it comes to, uh, one, not only how you clean a bus, but how quickly and efficiently the bus can get clean, as well as the effectiveness of the product. And so there's there's a lot of different options out there. 
that are available to to contractors and to school districts. And and really, prior to this year, I don't know that I could have told you much, uh, if anything, about a product like that. But I know, at least from my own experience, there's probably been about three different companies that Collins has talked to when it comes to their product and what they offer and, and, and how it works. And and you know they're they're a lot like you know type A bus manufacturers. There's very little that separates them. They're all pretty good. And so you know it just kind of depends upon you know what specifically the contractor or the district's looking for. But there are uh, again there've been some significant advancements, and there's probably not a, a a better time to put a kid on a bus just because they are so clean now. You know compared to yeah, so you know not that long ago you know that the way they would clean a bus would be with a hose you know and, mm-hmm. and, and not to trivialize it or, or to minimize it but that is essentially what would happen and so then compared to now it's a significant improvement yeah and the only piece of advice we give is to make sure you read the directions which leads me into the next question you know while here at uh, nsta we wholeheartedly endorse these measures we also think that operators must be mindful of how these measures could affect the durability of the bus in the future, especially within the interior. Any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, then again, it's a great attribute tribute to not only the manufacturer of these cleaning products, but also to the seat manufacturers, because that's really ultimately that kind of what bears the brunt, I guess, for lack of a better way to phrase it, of the, the chemicals and substances with which you know we're, they're using to clean. And the, uh, the seat manufacturers do just a, a really good job of making really some of the best seats out there. Again, there's less than a handful of them, and uh, but they all have done a great job of making really high quality products that are, frankly, I, I knock on wood, I've yet to hear of any that have adversely impacted, you know, their seats, the materials with which they use to make them, the coverings. I think that the most feedback I've heard is that the some of the substances can be a little bit sticky when they're first mm-hmm. at first applied. And so there, there might be a, a bit of an adhesion on some level, but that's about the most uh, substantive feedback that I've had. And, and it's not anything that deteriorates the seats or the seat fabric. It's just something that has been uh, provided as feedback just in, from passengers early on when it was, uh, when some of them have been implemented into certain fleets. Yeah. Then, you know, we've had some of the same or similar feedback as well. Now, another area we've heard about is adequate ventilation being a concern of parents on a school bus. Now, so far, for the most part, the weather has cooperated this fall, but what can you tell folks about putting their children on a school bus in the current environment? Sure. Well, kind of, you know, hearkening back to my earlier comments, again, I don't know that there's a a safer time, as odd as that may sound, than, than now, just because of the fact that the procedures with which the buses are being cleaned and and sterilized and disinfected, the products that are being used, the policies and the procedures that are being implemented by districts and by contractors. You know, at the end of the day, specific to ventilation, you know, the windows are still made to go up and down and that provides a, a decent amount of ventilation. But even in colder weather climates where that's not necessarily the best option, the, uh, again, those products and those procedures that have been implemented have, uh, uh, thus far, proven to be uh, effective at minimizing, reducing, and, and some level even eliminating uh, a variety of viruses and, and potential, you know, potential bugs that you know that kids could pick up and take with them and pass on. So, like I like I mentioned earlier, I've got four school age kids, and I wouldn't hesitate to put any one of them on a bus today because of that. Yeah, a um, you know, good information there for for folks to ponder. Now, 
one area, and it's interesting because I, I think at some point we're going to live in the pre-COVID world, and we're going to live in a COVID world, and then we're going to move to the hopefully post-COVID world sometime very soon. But an area that was getting a lot of attention before the pandemic struck were electric buses. And I think they kind of s- slowed the momentum down a little bit. But post-pandemic, what do you think we have in store with respect to these vehicles? I'll tell you, specific to Collins, it has been rather rampant, the the interest and the, the appeal that they seem to be having to the market, uh, even pandemic type year, you know, a lot of it's driven by available funding. Obviously, electric buses uh, are an expensive uh, are an expensive vehicle, and so the return on investment has got to be there. And having that grant money that's available and it's abundant, you know, both in Canada and the U.S., it uh, it definitely raises a lot of interest as you know fleets go greener. And they look to, you know, implement and utilize more alternative fuels. So, you know, their, that their impact on the environment is less. You know, their impact on students that they're transporting and, and their communities is less. And, you know, it's just a, a greener type of technology. And we're still seeing some areas where the infrastructure is, you know, is not quite there yet. But now a lot of this, these grants incorporate the infrastructure into their cost of the projects as well. So a lot of times districts can get the infrastructure funded as part of their uh, grant request. So they have really, it, it has really increased, again, specific, to, at least for Collins, I'm sure it's probably the same for a lot of the other factors as well. Even in the type A world, where, you know, typically a smaller type A bus gets relatively comparative to a traditional conventional bus gets significantly better gas mileage, but the return on the investment for a, an electric bus with a significant amount of grant funding almost becomes a no-brainer for a lot of districts and contractors. So I think it's going to really take off once there's some level of normalcy reached when it comes to the kids being in school and districts being back open that you know, you'll start to see an even greater increase in the in the need and the and the want for electric buses. Again, it's you know it's a little bit specific to a couple of handfuls of states today. I think again that's partly due to some concerns about infrastructure. But again, with the way these grants are are being allocated, a lot of the infrastructure costs will be covered as well. There's been some new organizations that partner with local energy companies, depending upon your geography, that help with those projects as well. So oftentimes, if there's a willingness on the part of the district, sometimes these buses can be virtually cost-free for a district to implement them into their fleet. So it's been a pretty solid year for Collins in that regard, but I think 2021 is really going to see a significant increase in it. Now, our great setup man, uh, Joe, because it gives me an opportunity to talk about the NSTA DERA grant program. And, and this year we had over $300,000 set aside in an NSTA-specific diesel emission reduction app program for Region 5, which is in the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Minnesota, Illinois, et cetera, and Wisconsin. And so in the future, NSDA is, is also going to submit some requests for future funding. And we're a big proponent on Capitol Hill of the DERA program in general. And then also when the school bus rebate program comes out in October, we actually had Jason Wilcox from EPA, as well as Stan, Sandy Steelhammer from NSDA on the podcast to talk about those programs. So I think it's great. We're all together in promoting DERA and alternative energy sources for school buses. And and so we thank you for that partnership. Now, as we transition out of 2020, Joe, and into 2021, we turn the page on 2020. What does Collins 
have on the horizon for 2021 that you can share with me? Sure. I think probably the the next most exciting, you know, innovative thing to come from Collins, we're kind of coining it. I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the official name, but we're calling it, at least internally, the Collins Mini. So the Mini is a um, kind of a response to districts and even contractors that perhaps have smaller area or smaller routes. And so the, the affordability and the return on the investment of a bigger bus, even up to the size of a maybe a 18-passenger type A bus is just not uh, not efficient for them. So the uh, the Collins Mini kind of addresses some of those so that instead of a contractor or a school needing to implement the use of a passenger car or an SUV type of vehicle or a van, they can use or they'll have an option to to consider a, the Collins Mini. And it's sort of a, we call them MPVs on some level, which is a stands for multi, multi-purpose vehicle but they're even smaller than a traditional MPV. They're a very lightweight GVWR. They're just just a pinch over 9,000 pounds. They're on the Ford Transit, and it's a single rear-wheel vehicle. And at the most, we would they would carry nine passengers, but we could even do that with a lift unit, which you could do essentially like five ambulatory passengers in one with one wheelchair position. So when it comes to fuel economy, their ability to navigate tighter spaces, you know, whether it's neighborhoods with off-street parking or apartment complexes or or cul-de-sacs or what have you with routes that just don't necessarily need to incorporate a, a larger capacity vehicle, you can get the safety of a school bus at roughly close to the same price as you would a stereotypical passenger van, let alone a, a passenger vehicle. So, that's probably the most exciting thing. Again, I do think we'll see a significant jump in the interest of the uh, electric vehicles as well. We partner with a company called Motive on those vehicles. So I think both of those two products are going to see a lot of interest in 2021. And, and hopefully we'll solve some problems and some issues for some fleets out there that are looking for a solution beyond what they're doing today. Great, Joe. And, and as always, some great information that you provide us with. And during this holiday season, we wish you and, and yours much good health and happiness during the holiday season. Hopefully we'll uh, see you down in Florida for the midwinter meeting. And as always, thanks for joining us at NSTA, the bus stop. Once again, Joe Leggett, VP of National Accounts at Collins Bus. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Kurt. Happy holidays.